Hey, what's going on, everyone? I hope you all had an amazing Memorial Day weekend. Um, And welcome to what is now episode 50 of Journey into Paul's Imagination. I can't believe we're already at 50 episodes, it feels like. I mean, it was just last year that this podcast uh, got started. So to go from that to 50 episodes of content is, uh, is really awesome. And I feel like there's truly no better way to celebrate 50 episodes of Journey into Paul's Imagination than to have a full Little Mermaid Under the Sea themed podcast episode. Um, We'll still do our park news, our entertainment news, but with the recent release of The Little Mermaid, we're talking, we're going to do a review, talk about the original, talk about all things Little Mermaid, Disney live action remakes, all that fun stuff. Um, as the meat of the episode. So can't wait to share my thoughts. Um, and if you haven't seen it already, really hope you see it because it is a phenomenal movie. But um, we'll have plenty of time to talk about it. So let's dive in to uh, to some of our park news. Um, we got a lot of uh, food news. So I'll, I'll start with a lot of the food stuff that's going on. First things first is we got some new summer bites. Um at Walt Disney World, um, at La Cellier, they added a uh, some new appetizers along with a mushroom bisque, a jumbo chilled shrimp, um, fried cauliflower. So there's some new food options there. Um, a lot of the resorts are getting the Korean style Impossible Burger, um, as well as uh, there's a Cuban burger that's going to be at some of the resorts. So some updated burger options across property. Um, Also at Disney's Boardwalk, um, at the Boardwalk Deli, there's going to be a strawberry shortcake croissant, which looks really, really good. So that's something that I might have to go over um, and try myself. Um, I already talked about the Pineapple Crisp Sundae, which is phenomenal, um, over at Tamu Tamu Refreshments at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, Disney just show that again, um, which I highly recommend because it's delicious. And also Animal Kingdom, there's the Dino Dig Ice Cream Sandwich, uh, which is a vanilla ice cream sandwich between two house-made sugar cookies with chocolate sprinkles, cookie crumbs, sugar bones, and a white chocolate dinosaur, um, which looks really good. So, uh, some good, just miscellaneous food options that's coming um, over to the parks uh, and available now. So if any of those sound interesting, definitely check them out. We also uh, saw the foodie guide for Pride Month. Um, so I'll really talk about some of the things that stood out to me at Walt Disney World. Um, of course, the resorts have a number of different food items. Uh, the Boardwalk Deli also at Disney's Boardwalk has a Pride Cinnamon Roll, which looks really good. There is also uh, Pride Italian Cookies, which uh, I know one of them is located at the Carousel Coffee Shop over at Disney's Boardwalk, which I might have to check out because I uh, love the rainbow cookies. Um, So that's something there. There's also a Pride Moose Cake at Contempo Cafe. Um, There's a Pride Float over at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. Um, The Pride Italian Cookies are also at Le Petit Cafe at Disney's Riviera Resort. Um, By the way, this, of course, all starts on June 1st 
through June 30th. Um, the parks have some things at Woody's Lunchbox. The Pride Lunchbox Tart is returning. Um, trying to see any others that stand out. A lot of the ones in the parks are um, are returning from what, what was previously had. Um, over at Chef Art Smith's Homecoming, there's the uh, their refillable cups. Uh, there's actually going to be a Pride-themed cup that will be available for purchase, um, which if you don't have one of the cups already, Pride Month or not, highly recommend. Um, basically, it gives you discounted moonshine refills and also free soft drinks anytime you bring your cup. Sometimes I'll bring my cup just to refill before movies, so highly, highly recommend. Um, there's also a Pride Chocolate Pinata. Um, Paddlefish has a special cocktail. So a lot of really, really good options uh, to celebrate Pride Month um, for the month of June. Um, also starting June 1st uh, at Disney's Magic Kingdom, um, there's a Mike Wazowski cake, which is an orange blossom mango mousse cake with candy eye. Um, and a Sully slush, which is a blue raspberry slush with purple whipped cream uh, that are going to be available. So any Monsters, Inc. fans, you might want to check that out. Um, also coming soon is National Churro Day, which I believe is this Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so Disney highlighted a bunch of the churros that are available. Um, all I could think of when I saw this article was just it pains me how many good churros Disneyland has um, and how we just don't have that many. Um, I've heard Nomad Lounge has fantastic churros, which that is my plan is to at some point check those out. Um, the Sunshine Churros also at uh, Disney Springs are really good. So if uh, you have not had one of those, they are really good. I don't think they're Disney-owned, but they are very good churros. I think they're probably um, – Probably the best like specialty churros you're going to get uh, at Walt Disney World. So I uh, recommend if you're looking to celebrate Churro Day, uh, probably want to do it there. Also, we found out some information about the Disney dining plan that's returning, um, which I believe will start January 9th, 2024. So there is a quick service dining plan and a table service dining plan. Um so I, I, it looks like there's, there's multiple different packages. Um, so if you're interested, definitely highly recommend checking online. They kind of break it all down to you. Um, it looks like the most popular package for the quick service, uh, dining plan includes two quick service meals per night of stay, uh, one snack or non-alcoholic beverage per night of stay and one resort refillable mug. Um, and there's more information. There's just a lot to break down, obviously different packages. Um, so that's for the quick service. It looks like the most popular uh, table service one, it includes one quick service meal per night of stay, one table service meal per night of stay, one snack or non-alcoholic beverage per night of stay, and one resort refillable mug. I do also believe that beverages are included with each meal, so that non-alcoholic beverage is probably referring to a uh, like a specialty non-alcoholic drink. So if you are visiting Walt Disney World in 2024 and you're looking to get the dining package, um, 
all of that information, I think you can actually start booking it as well. So definitely, definitely um, look into that. Now, before I completely get away from food, I wanted to share, um, because Disney Park shared it, basically what's going on to celebrate The Little Mermaid at uh, the Disney Parks. Um, So if you haven't seen already, you can actually meet the live-action version of Ariel um, at Walt Disney World Resort over at Disney's Hollywood Studios at Disneyland Resort and Disneyland Paris. Um, the meet and greet looks really cool. It's over at Walt Disney Presents. I just really wish that the live action Ariel had the, um, I want to say the bandana, even though that's not like the headband from the movie, just to give, just to really perfect the look of Ariel. Um, but otherwise, she looks great. Definitely hope to at some point be able to uh, to go ahead and meet her. There's also some food uh, options that are available uh, to celebrate the Little Mermaid. Um, there's a Bubbles at Sea, a sweet green tea, lemon juice, pineapple, and guava topped with boba pearls. It's a pretty drink. Doesn't sound like I'm not a tea person. Um, that's available at multiple locations. Also at the Ganachery, uh, there is a Little Mermaid sea salt, caramel, and chocolate pop. It's like a cake pop that I've heard is pretty good. Um, at Magic Kingdom, the one that sounds the best to me, there's a Divinely Diabolical, um, which is like a cookies and cream shake um, with a little twist and like a seashell decor at the top. There's also uh, at Storybook Treats, a Part of Your World Dole Whip, um, strawberry served with purple cheesecake soft serve ice cream cone that looks really pretty. And then lastly, at Disney's Hollywood Studios, there is the Little Mermaid Donut Milkshake, um, a mango guava ginger milkshake topped with whipped cream, and a pineapple mango seashell donut. So if you are a huge Little Mermaid fan and you want to try any of these snacks, uh, Magic Kingdom or Disney's Hollywood Studios are your place to go. Um, there's also going to be special like photo pass opportunities, um, at Magic Kingdom Park. So definitely look into, um, into that. They also released a brand new merchandise line as well, featuring Halle Bailey's version of the Little Mermaid. So, um, definitely check that out on Shop Disney or at the Disney Parks. Um, you'll be able to see that merchandise line or also at Ulta Beauty, um, they released a merchandise line as well. They also highlighted a Joffrey's Little Mermaid um, like coffee blend. I actually think we got it, and I think it's pretty good. I think we got it um, for our house. So uh, lots of cool ways to celebrate the Little Mermaid um, this month here at Walt Disney World and at the Disney Parks. So uh, definitely make sure you uh, get to do so. While we're also talking about um, Disneyland for a second, uh, we got a sneak preview at Pixar Place Hotel at the Disneyland Resort. I know there are some pictures floating around of what it looks like. Um, It just looks like it's not complete yet, which makes sense because it's not. Um, But the pictures that we saw, it does look pretty. The lobby looks very like modern and sleek. And to be fair, the area of Pixar Place Hotel isn't the largest. So it's not like this is going to be this like massive thing um you know when i went when it was uh when it was paradise pier paradise pier hotel i believe it was called 
Um, it, it, it is still a smaller hotel. So, um, you know, temper expectations. Uh, there is also going to be like a, a crush, like splash pad area. Um, that looks cool. It's going to be an outdoor area um, with different characters. There's going to be um, a restaurant. So it looks it looks cute. Um, I mean, it. I think they're, for the most part, they're updating it, giving it a more modern look, a cleaner look, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, you know, I think uh, I, I know originally they did not own that hotel, um, so to be able to clean it up, make it look nicer, and add some Pixar touches, uh, sometimes it's it makes it nice like that. Last thing before I get into some annual past updates is Rock and Roller Coasters reopened with no major changes. Um, Aerosmith is still there, so if you were a fan, um, you don't have to worry about them going anywhere. I'm not really surprised. I figured that if Rock and Roller Coaster was going to be rethemed, we would have gotten this big announcement in the past. Um, and I think they would have capitalized on merchandise, so on and so forth. So I'm not really surprised that it returned. Not really surprised even that they just reopened it out of the blue. Um, I'm sure they didn't want to put a date on it and then not, you know, make it in time for that date. So completely makes sense with what they did. Um, so I definitely look forward to, uh, rewriting rock and roller coaster when I'm back at Disney's Hollywood studios, but all right, let's get back into, um, let's get into some of the VIP pass holder, uh, days and some of the updates that, uh, that are going on. So like I've shared in the past, uh, there were some updates with merchandise discounts and dining discounts um, and all this fun stuff of what's going on. Now we have specifics of what all that um, is, in, is included. So first, let me start off by saying uh, the new magnet. Yes, it is figment. We got uh, what the design looks like and it's cute. It's like the the new animation style of uh, Mickey and Minnie and those characters, it's actually Figment with a paintbrush. Um, so I think it's a cute little uh, little offering that they're going to be having. I'm definitely going to pick mine up this week. Um, there's also going to be some new magic shots, including Wally and Eve over at Disney's Animal Kingdom, um, which is exciting. In terms of the merchandise discount, um, that will be increased from May 31st to June 30th up to 30% from 20%. Um, so I highly recommend. I know I'll be doing it. If there's something you've been eyeing, make sure you take advantage this month um, with the increased merchandise get discount. There's also going to be an increased dining discount, which I know we are definitely taking advantage of, um, which is going from 10% to 20%, which is a huge deal. Um, I know personally I would pay for Tables of Wonderland if it was still a thing just to get a 20% discount. Um, we tend to dine enough where I feel like it'd be worth it. Um, so if you are someone who likes to dine or you don't and you want to you know, take advantage with a discount, definitely do so. Now, over at Epcot, there's going to be some exclusive booths uh, that will have a 20% off discount. Some of them include Brunch Cot, the Refreshment Outpost, the Citrus Blossom, the Honey Bistro. This is 20% off, which is nice because normally annual pass holders don't receive a discount. 
Um, occasionally they will during the week. This appears to be the whole month from May 31st to June 30th um, to kind of conclude um, the Flower and Garden Festival. So definitely take advantage. Also at Sunshine Seasons over at the Lamb Pavilion, there's going to be a reserved space for pass holders um, available for a limited time. So excited to see what that is like. Uh, there will be a shake that's being uh, that's available for purchase, a specialty shake, which is a grape, guava, passion fruit, orange, and lime shake. There's also going to be a raspberry lemonade tart, um, which is available. So uh, hoping to... You know, check those out. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I didn't cover. Um, I think I got the most of it of just what's going on. Um, but very, very excited for for all these updates for pass holders. Um, can't wait to take advantage of some of the discounts that are that are being offered and enjoy the parks before it gets really, really hot. But all right, let's move on. Um, I say let's move on to entertainment news. I completely forgot that I had no entertainment news. So we're going to skip right in and get to the meat of the episode. But first I wanted to <clears throat> talk about, and this is for really the Orlando folks. Lindsay and I recently um, flew up to Massachusetts this weekend. So we uh, got to see the new Terminal C uh, at Orlando International Airport. Um I know that JetBlue currently is there and there's a lot of international flights. Um, I felt like this is like a big thing to talk about just for travelers. Um, it is, it's so we, we got there, we gave ourselves plenty of time to explore because, you know, new terminal wanted to see what they had, got to see they had a lot of food options. Um, it feels very like mall like, like when you're walking through there, it feels like a massive, like new mall. Um, which is fine. I, I like the older part of MCO better. I like the personality of it. Um, I think there's just so much, like so many places. I think Terminal C definitely has way more food options and better food options. We actually got to eat at a Chef Art Smith's restaurant. I think it was called Sunshine Diner, which, um, we both got a fried chicken sandwich, which was pretty good. Um, so I was excited about that. They also had a wine bar, George, that you could eat at. Um, also, Summer Lake House, I believe that's the name of it, coming to Disney Springs in the fall. They had a version there at the airport, um, which is cool to see. We contemplated eating there, but I think we, considering it's the same brand, we would rather wait till it's here at Disney Springs. But food-wise, there is so much that you can check out. We even had, just at like the shops, they had a specialty, like all specialty s'mores. So Lindsay got a, I think it was a banana foster, uh, sorry, specialty rice krispie treats. Uh, She got a banana foster rice krispie treat and I got a s'mores crispy rice krispie treat, which were good. Um, Also the stores, the Walt Disney World Resort store, it was nice. It reminded me very similar of the store that was just renovated at the main part. The Universal Studios Orlando store was great, though, filled with a lot of personality, um, highlighted a lot of different parts of the park. It was a really nice store. I thought it also had a lot of great merchandise. Normally, I I tend to side with Disney for their merchandise, but I really enjoyed – I thought they had a lot of really great options for merchandise in that store, Um, options that I was even contemplating buying 
So uh, if you are flying in and or out of Orlando International Airport and you were using Terminal C, uh, definitely give yourself a little bit of time. Get some food there before your flight. Um, there's some good options. I think the stores are nice there, um, especially if it, if you have the time. I think it's, you know, we, we always think of flying as chaotic and crazy, and it was nice to have some time to be able to just kind of explore an airport. So anyways, so let's get into it now. Let's go under the sea and talk The Little Mermaid. Um, I've made it pretty clear on this podcast that I am not an anti-live-action remake person, so I was very excited. Um, I'll be honest, The Little Mermaid isn't one of my favorite movies uh, ever. I'm not the biggest princess movie person, but I was excited for the movie. Um, so I did, early last week, uh, rewatch The Little Mermaid. Um, again, in terms of like just animated classics, it's a good movie, um, good music. I, I still prefer a lot of other Disney animated classics over The Little Mermaid. Um, I do love Sebastian. I don't think Ursula in comparison to other Disney villains is up there on my list. Like there's a lot of other villains I prefer. So I would say that in terms of just comparing to other classic villains, Ursula is probably one of my lesser favorite villains. Um, But I feel like the Disney animated classics, they always have that one character that you love. Um, and for me, it's Sebastian. I think he's just fantastic in the original. Um, but now fast forward to when we got back from Massachusetts. Uh, of course, we we saw The Little Mermaid in Dolby 3D, um, which anytime there's a movie in Dolby 3D, take advantage and go see it in it um, because it's an experience. Um, and this movie looked great in it. We actually tried... And, I ended up changing my ranking for AMC Diana, but they had garlic Parmesan pretzels with cheese, which are pretty good. Um, so if you're ever looking for a snack and if you go to the AMC at Disney Springs, highly recommend checking out uh, the specialty pretzels they have. They were, the garlic Parmesan pretzels are pretty good. They weren't the best things ever, but they were pretty good. Um, but I know what you're asking for. Paul, let's get into the movie. Um, so The Little Mermaid, I know there was – there's a lot of concerns that people had about this movie. Um, some that are obvious, some that I'm not going to get into. Um, but there were a lot of concerns. I, I don't think everyone was, I think a lot of people expected this movie to not be very good. Um, I can't say I felt that I, I felt the movie would be good. I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. Um, to me, this movie was fantastic. I still can't stop talking about it because I enjoyed it that much. Um, it's easily one of the best Disney live-action remakes they've ever made. I think every concern that people had for this movie ended up being the best parts of it. Um, it's visually stunning, and it's led by, in my opinion, the best live-action casted Disney character in Halle Bailey as Ariel. She is just phenomenal she is so good she steals the show she like i felt like watching this like i was like okay like she is ariel um and i you don't always feel that way about uh characters in live action movies um there are some times where i i felt that way but uh hallie bailey absolutely made me feel like okay like this is this is you know she is ariel 
Uh, so she was great. Uh, Jonah Howard King, I, I knew nothing about him. He was fantastic as Prince Eric. Um, I think Halle Bailey and Jonah Howard King both played Ariel and Prince Eric to perfection. I thought they just, I thought they killed it. I thought they did such a great job. I think the one like character that I was really, that I didn't expect to like was going to be Melissa McCarthy's Ursula. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like I think when she was casted as Ursula, I was like, oh, like this could be good. And then once I saw her in the trailer, I wasn't a fan. I really enjoyed her. Um, I know a lot of people said she brought comedic relief. I didn't think so, and I was okay with that. I think she played Ursula really, really well. Um, probably would have liked a little bit more screen time from Ursula, but nonetheless, she did great. Also, I really enjoyed the new music in this movie. I thought that the new music, like, obviously the original music, they're classics, um, I know you can't compare to the originals either. So obviously I, I, I think the, um, the original songs are obviously better than the, uh, the live action, but I do think like, I know a lot of people like were not a fan of Scuttlebutt. I loved it. I think it's such a fun song. Um, so I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I also think Prince Eric's song was great. Like, I just, I really enjoyed all the new music. I thought they were all really, really good. Um, I also, I just think this is such a pretty film. I know a lot of people saw the trailer and were like, oh, it, it looks too dark. It, why is it so dull? Um, it's not. It, it's a very pretty, very vibrant, colorful movie. Um, I also just love the Caribbean elements of the movie. Um, you could definitely just feel that within, you know, the story. Some of the things I didn't like, I still don't like the design of Sebastian and Flounder. I was hoping that watching the movie, I can kind of ignore it. And I, I can, of course, but um, I just, like, it's not like I ever was just like, okay, I like it now. Like, I'm still not a fan of the design. Um, Flounder, for me in general, was just a complete miss. Just did not care for the character at all. Sebastian for me was fine. I felt like he, he didn't sound, I mean, obviously he doesn't sound as great as a lot as the original. Um, he grew, like as the movie went on, I thought he got better, but um, I thought he was fine. I also thought the end scene with Ursula just looked a bit weird. It was a bit quick, just a weird scene. And also early in the movie, they tried to do a lot of like upside down angles with Ursula, I just I wasn't understanding what they were trying to do. Um, but overall, this is a very vibrant, very colorful movie with good new music. Like, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it was just such a fun movie. Like, if there wasn't so many movies coming out in June, I would have gone to see this for a second time already. I just, I literally don't have enough reservations on my AMCA list to, to go again. Um so I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. It's my third highest ranked movie of the year. And I know not, not everyone's going to love it as much as I do. I think as a Disney fanatic, I really, really loved it. I really enjoyed it. I thought for a Disney live action remake, they did a fantastic job. Like listening, hearing part of our world gave me the chills. Like it was something I just loved. Even non-Disney fans, I think, will enjoy it. They probably won't enjoy it as much as I did. But 
I really, I felt like this movie reminded me, like, I, like, Disney live action remakes can be a lot of fun and can be worth watching. Um, I'm not saying that should prevent Disney from creating new content with new characters, but I really enjoyed the live remakes. Now, before we talk more Disney live action, um, after the movie, we continued our Little Mermaid celebration over at Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort. So, um, of course, you know, we're going to eat dinner at Sebastian's Bistro, but first we grab some drinks at Banana Cabana, which in my opinion, and I'm going to say you're wrong if you think otherwise, the best poolside bar on Disney property. Every drink I get there, I've loved. I think they're, they've got such good drinks, such a wide variety of drinks too. And I guess to be fair, I love fruity drinks, so they have a lot of that. Um, Lindsay got the banana cabana, which I've had before, which is a good fruity light drink. I had the pink guava culotta, which I thought was delicious. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I got to get more drinks at banana cabana cause they're, it's, they're just so good. Um, really, really enjoyed. So if you're ever over at Caribbean beach or you're ever at Riviera and you're looking for a drink, go grab a drink, go walk by the water, go walk around the lagoon or whatever. Um, the drinks there are just so, so good. And then, of course, we went to Sebastian's Bistro again, as always. Um, not as good of an experience as we've had in the past, uh, mainly due to the service, but the food always hits. Um, they did add a fish to the menu, which I, we didn't, I'm not a fish person, but we didn't really care for. They also had like, added like a cracker um, as part of the like appetizer, which, which was fine. Um, but in terms of food, like this place, it just, it's, it always hits. Um, I ended up bumping it up to nine out of 108. Um, I know I probably changed it a million times just with restaurants, like flying fish jumping into seven that will push Sebastian's Bistro down. Um, but I ended up finally putting Sebastian's Bistro over fifties prime time. I just, I love fifties. I truly do. I think it's such a fun environment. I just, I, the food is better at Sebastian's, um, and while the ambiance is different, and I do prefer the ambiance at 50s, I still, like, the dining room of Sebastian's Bistro is beautiful, um, so in my opinion, I will keep saying it, if you are looking for the most underrated best value meal at Walt Disney World Resort, Sebastian's Bistro is it, um, I can't stress it enough, I, it's fantastic. I can't, like, I literally can't rave enough about it. It is so good. Um, it's a hidden gem. I don't want it to be, come. I don't want it to become this, like, known commodity that you can't ever get a reservation at anymore. Um, but it deserves its flowers because it is just, it's fantastic. And I'm glad we were able to, to um, go there after watching such a great movie. But all right. So we got two different lists because, you know, I love doing my lists. Um, so after just loving how good of a job Halle Bailey and Jonah Howard King did, um, I actually ranked my 10 best live-action castings. Um, now, this specific list will be in regards to any live-action movie that Disney's done. Um, and you'll see why I emphasize that because my next list is different. So this is... Any Disney live action movie that has been done, um, 
ranking them. So let's get into it. And this is my personal favorites. I know a lot of people be like, oh, I didn't like so-and-so. These are just mine. All right, so number 10, and I haven't watched this movie in a while, but I remember just loving him, um, is Johnny Depp as Mad Hatter. I'm a Tim Burton fan. I love Johnny Depp. Um, I love the wacky, wild take of the Mad Hatter. I just think the character is a lot of fun. I think Johnny Depp does a pretty good job. Number nine, and I'm probably going to pronounce his name incorrectly, is Neil Sethi. Um, He's the boy who played Mowgli. Um, Honestly, shout out to him because, A, The Jungle Book is a great live-action remake, and for a young boy to carry that movie and do as good of a job as he did um, deserves so much credit. Really, really enjoyed him as Mowgli. Number eight is Luke Evans as Gaston. I think he plays a great villain in that movie. Um, he's actually my well, – there's there's three villains that are, that are listed on here, but I think he does a really good job um, and, in my opinion, the best casted character um, in Beauty and the Beast, the live action at least. Uh, number seven, Emma Stone as Cruella. Um, not going to lie, did not expect – uh, to love her as much. And she gives a very different, I know a lot of people will go back to the, uh, the other live action, um, 101 Dalmatians. And you have a fair point. Me personally, I think Cruella is a perfect movie. And I think Emma Stone plays Cruella right in the context of that movie. Um, I think she does such a great job. I don't think she would fit that like iconic Cruella, like the Cruella were known from 101 Dalmatians. But I think as a younger Cruella, Emma Stone nails that character. Number six is Naomi Scott as Prince, Princess Jasmine. Um, I think she's great. I think she steals the show. Um, Aladdin is still my favorite live action remake, and I probably spoil the list that's going to come. Um, but really, really enjoyed her character. I think her singing voice is incredible. Um, was a big fan. Number five, this is probably going to be a hot take, but it's a personal favorite for me is Will Smith as the genie. Um, Robin Williams is great. I also just love Will Smith as the genie. I think what I really enjoyed about Will Smith as the genie is it's like he's not trying to be Robin Williams' genie. He's trying to be the Will Smith's genie. Um, he adds a lot of swagger and hit to the genie and i i love it i love that his personality shines through that character um i think what he did was take an iconic character and make it his own and i think he excels with it um i'm not saying the design of him is the greatest i don't mind the design i get why some people might not like the design um but overall i really really love the will smith's version of the genie number four is angelina jolie as maleficent it just works. Uh, she's horrifying, but you still love her as Maleficent. I think she does a great job. Um, she looks perfectly as Maleficent. Just really great casting. Now, into my top three, and this will show just how impressed I was by The Little Mermaid. Uh, number three of Jonah Howard King is Prince Eric. Um, I think he has the charm of a prince in a live-action movie. Um, I think he has the voice. I think he looks like Prince Eric. Like, I just think he did such a phenomenal job. I think sounds great, looks great as a Prince Eric, has the charm, has the personality. He did a really, really good job. Number two, I have Mena Masood as Aladdin. 
I know a lot of people aren't a big fan. I know a lot of people especially aren't a big fan after um, he made some comments in regards to Little Mermaid. I do think he's a perfect Aladdin. He wasn't even in my... my yeah, let me backtrack. He wasn't even my favorite character in Disney's live action, the uh, Aladdin. But I think like he literally looks and sounds like Aladdin. And like he plays the the part so, so well. Um, his character, I think is makes what makes me love that movie so much. Um, I was really rooting for his success after the movie. It's a shame that he didn't find much success after the movie, but I really think he was fantastic. Uh, he played, you know, Aladdin perfectly. So, um, you know, hopefully he'll see some success in the future, but I do think his character is great, but number one, and at this point should be no surprise. It's Halle Bailey is Ariel. Um, you could say what you want, whatever you expected from Halle Bailey, but she is great. She sounds and portrays Ariel to perfection from the singing to the acting. She gives Ariel personality. She doesn't make Ariel feel like this oblivious character that, um, like, I, she feels much smarter in the live action versus the animated version. And I just think she was just awesome in this movie. I think they just knocked it out of the ballpark with this casting. Um, despite the scrutiny, despite the controversy that people came up with, uh, Halle Bailey was a fantastic casting as Ariel. Um, so that is my top 10 Disney live action casting ranking. Um, also, just after, you know, I've seen some people posting like about a Little Mermaid sequel. So raises the question, like, should Disney live-action remakes have sequels? Um, personally, my response is no, unless it's Disney+. Plus. Um, I think Disney+, Plus needs to be a median that is used for content like that that not is not necessarily best suited for theaters. Like, I would definitely, obviously, watch a Little Mermaid sequel um, with these characters because I love them and they were great. But I think that type of movie is better suited for Disney Plus than it is for theaters, in my opinion. I think I would rather them use their resources within marketing and everything to create a new character or if you're going to do a live action, do a different live action um, than to do a sequel off of one that already happened. But all right, let's conclude... Uh, this Disney, ooh, I got something on my lip. I was confused. Sorry about that. I don't know if I got like a plastic thing on my lip. I just tried to drink my water. Anyways, um, I want to rank uh, every Disney live action remake. Now, when I say this, um, I have to specify, I'm just ranking the live action remakes. Um, so this does not include Cruella, Jungle Cruise. It doesn't even include sequels to some movies like Alice Through the Looking Glass. The Maleficent movies aren't on here. This is specific to live action remakes, like a true remake of a movie. I didn't even include Christopher Robin on here. Um, so there's 14 live action remakes that I came up with them. Um, so let's go ahead and let's rank them. Starting off at number 14, and in my opinion, their worst live-action remake was Peter Pan and Wendy. It just has no charm. The characters don't feel like the characters. It just, it is not good. Um, 
I was extremely disappointed. I do think the visuals aren't bad. Like, I think they've got pretty good visuals. I just did not care about this movie at all. I tried to stay into it, and I could not. It just, it lost me. It was not not good. Number 13 is also not a good live action in Pinocchio. Um, I only give the edge to Pinocchio because I do think that uh, a lot of the characters do play the part a little bit better. I feel like there's a little bit more exciting scenes in that movie, despite not being a good movie. Um, I slightly prefer it over Peter Pan and Wendy. Now, the next two are hot takes because a lot of people like these ones. Uh, 12 is Peach Dragon. I think it's a fine live action remake. Um, I just don't think I care for the story of Peach Dragon all that much, but it's fine. I understand why people like it. Uh, just not really for me personally. Number 11 is Cinderella. Not really a princess person. Um, the story of Cinderella doesn't really excite me. Neither did the movie. Um, again, I, I get the draw and excitement of this. So that's why I put it a little bit over Peach Dragon just because of how iconic it is. Um, just not really for me. Number 10 is 101 Dalmatians. It's been a while since I've seen this movie. I remember enjoying it. Um, it's just been a while since I've watched it. Um, so I do remember enjoying it more than I might even enjoy some of these other movies. Um, it's just been a bit. Number nine is Dumbo. I know a lot of people are like 50-50 on Dumbo. I really enjoyed it. It is a dark and more depressing story. Um, but for me, I thought it was actually a really interesting story and an exciting one, one that I liked a lot. Number eight and my, uh, or not my highest ranked one, um, but was uh, Lady and the Tramp. Um, really, I was pleasantly surprised, I'll say, by Lady and the Tramp. Um, I think it's, I'm sorry, I'm like adjusting my list as we speak. Um, but I think it's a good movie. I, it It's a very safe movie. It doesn't do anything that's like out of the ordinary, so to say. Um, but I do think it's, it's a good movie. I think the graphics are pretty good. I think all the characters are pretty good. I do know that they do use, um, like in the movie, they will use like an actual dog in CGI. I'm sorry, I should not be trying to edit this um, while I'm doing, while I'm literally recording. Um, but anyways, I digress. Um Lady in the Trap, completely blanking out. <laughs> um, continuing on, I think I have my numbers all mixed up. I think that was number eight. Yes, I had 14 Peter Pan and Wendy, 13 Pinocchio, 12 Peach Dragon, 11 Cinderella, 10 101 Dalmatians, 9 Dumbo, 8 Lady and the Tramp. This is where I updated because number seven I have um, The Lion King. A fine movie, a very safe movie. Yes, there's not much emotion with a lot of the characters. I still enjoy it. I think it's a fine watch. It's not something that like I necessarily care to rewatch. Like I would throw it on as background. Um, I do like Timon and Pumbaa in this, but other than that, like it's fine. It's safe. I get why people don't really care for it. Um, I didn't have the highest expectations for it, so I'm fine with what it is. Um, but yeah. Number six, I have Mulan. I really enjoy this, and maybe part of it it was because 
It was during COVID. There was nothing else to watch. Um, I enjoyed the action. Um, yes, I know there was changes to make the story different. Um, I didn't necessarily mind it though. But now let's get into my top five. And here's one that I just randomly moved up. Um, and it, it's been a while since I've watched this, but I'm a Tim Burton fan. I love the characters in this movie. Um, I love the wackiness of it, and that's Alice in Wonderland. I just love the world building in this. I love all the unique and fun characters. Um, I just think it's a fun movie. I think I remember liking Alice look, looking through yeah, Alice, the second Alice in Wonderland movie better. Um, but again, it's been a while. A lot of these movies, it's honestly been a while. Like a lot of these movies I've only watched once, maybe twice. Um, but now let's enter my top four, which is really like, in my opinion, the best of the best with the live action. Number four is Beauty and the Beast, a really good live action. Um, I think why, like at one point, this is actually my number two. I think the reason why I put it down a little bit more is I don't think any of the, like I put Luke Evans in my top 10 Disney castings, but I don't really think there's many great castings here. Um, I think the musical numbers are good. I think the set pieces are good. I think it's an overall just good movie. I don't think it pushes the boundaries and does anything unique to wow you. Um, but it is a, it's a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Number three is The Jungle Book. Two and three could really flip-flop. I need to rewatch The Jungle Book. But um, fun fact, The Jungle Book live action was one of mine and Lindsay's first dates. And I really enjoyed it. Really, really good remake. Um has a lot of personality, has a lot of character. It's fun when it's fun. It's sad when it's sad. Very good story, though. Very uh, well done live action. Number two is The Little Mermaid. What can I say? Really enjoyed the story. I think Halle Bailey and Jonah, uh, Jonah as Prince Eric just were two of the best Disney castings. Um, it's not a perfect movie, but it's a really fun entertaining live action remake um so i really enjoyed it but number one and i already mentioned it and it won't ever change probably is aladdin um aladdin's one of my favorite animated classics um and i like that they were unique here they introduced uh, they introduced like one or two new songs that i really enjoyed love will smith's genie man of my suit i think is great naomi scott is great um I just think there's so many great scenes. I think the practical effects are really good. The CGI is really good. I think Friend Like Me is still the best um, musical number in a Disney live action. Like the, It's such a fun <clears throat> way of having it. Really, really enjoyed that movie. Um, I remember watching it multiple times. I just loved that when it came out. I still love it. Um, so yeah, Aladdin is my number one. Uh, Disney live action remake. And now I will end up redoing this again um, come after the Haunted Mansion so that way we can include movies like Cruella, Maleficent, Jungle Cruise, um, and really get a chance to rank all Disney live actions, not just the remakes. So excited to do that and excited to see if that list changes by then. But anyways, um, if you haven't, like I said, if you have not seen The Little Mermaid, Make it on your to-do list um, because it's such an incredible movie. Um, such an incredible movie. It was so much fun. Cast is great. Highly, highly recommend. 
Um, <clears throat> so that's it for episode 50. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed some under the sea time. Um, and get ready because this month, June, has a lot of movies to discuss. Uh, this weekend, going to see uh, Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse. Um, got a new Pixar movie this uh, month. And with these Disney dining discounts, there's definitely going to be some uh, some new movies to or some new restaurants to review. So anyways, I'll see you guys next week on Journey into Paul's Imagination.